Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschew. Hey, all my friends, welcome, welcome, Facebook Online. Welcome to Riverside Assembly of God. We're so glad you decided to join in with us today. There's a lot of people you could have watched preach this morning, so we're thankful and appreciative that you chose to uh, log in and uh, watch us. Amen. We've been focusing on the importance of prayer, how we pray. Pastor James has been teaching us how we pray, where to pray, when to pray, the how, who, what, when, where, why of pray. And today I'm going to talk about the why. He gave me the subject why we pray. And so I titled it pray or be pray. We pray so we don't fall prey to the enemy. How many of you know you have an enemy? Tell your neighbor it's not you. Amen. And I'll be thinking, uh, I have one. All right. I got a picture for you. Sarah's going to put up. Bobby Leach was a circus stunt man. I think with Barnum Bailey circus, some circus. He was a stunt man and a daredevil who lived in England in the 1900s. I think 1926 it was. He successfully survived very many, a lot of daredevil things. And one of the things he survived was he got in this barrel and he went over Niagara Falls in this barrel. Come on, who's ever been to Niagara Falls? Show of hands, amen. You know that was not an easy thing to do. Talking about just sit in that barrel and here we go, amen, off we go. But he did it. And get this, thank you, Sarah. One day, Bobby was walking down the street and slipped on an orange peel. Come on, from going over Niagara Falls on a barrel, he's walking down the street one day, he slips on an orange peel, he fractures his leg, say ouch, he gets gangrene in the leg, and two he has to have it amputated, it's so bad, the infection in his leg is so bad, slipped on an orange peel, two months later died in the hospital. Come on. After surviving so many things, you're taken out by an orange peel. Right? Ain't that the way life goes for some people? Come on. You survive big temptations like going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, and then one careless moment when you're not watching, when you're not being careful, some crazy little thing trips you up. Tell your neighbor, deliver me from evil. This is going to be a phrase you're going to get very used to this morning as well as the rest of your life, I hope so, because falling for temptation can be like a stuntman enter, uh, encountering an orange peel. Never get to a place where you don't need God's protection. That's, that's note number two. Never get to a place where you don't need God's protection. This is why Jesus taught us this prayer. She's going to put up Matthew 6, 13. This is why. Jesus taught us this prayer. He said, amen. Was that good coloring? Okay. Forget the uh, scratch, Sarah. Okay. Uh, it, but it'll slow me up too much, and you know I got to be on time. Listen, let us not, uh, lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one, some translations say. Lead us not into temptation. That's the Lord's Prayer. This is just a portion of the Lord's Prayer. But I want us to concentrate today on deliver us. Tell your neighbor, deliver us. I like the prayer of Jabez. You know, it used to be a well-known big thing a while back in First Chronicles, the prayer of Jabez. You know, he prayed four petitions, four requests, and one of them was this. Oh, God, that you would keep me from evil so that I'm, it might not bring me pain. That you would keep me from evil so that it might not bring me pain. And I love the next phrase, Jabez, uh, it says, and God granted what he asked. Let that be our motto for 2021. And God granted what Kathy asked. Amen. And God granted what Joe asked, what Michael asked. Isn't that great? And God granted what he asked. See, when we fall into sin, it causes great pain. Sin is far-reaching. I've been teaching this to my children forever and a day. Sin is far-reaching. Also, be sure your sins will find you out. I taught them that. But sin is far, far-reaching. It doesn't just affect you. When, when I sin, it doesn't just affect me. It affects my family. It could affect people, ripple effect to places and people I'll never know about when I sin. It's far-reaching. This is why we have to pray, Lord, I can't do this without you. I need you. Help me make the right choices. Help me to not compromise. Guard my heart. Keep me from evil. Keep me from sin. Lord, keep me from evil so that it might not bring me pain. What a great prayer. Say, deliver me from evil. If we fail to pray this, we're most likely to fall prey, P-R-E-Y, to temptation. We fall prey to attacks on our life. The psalmist said this in Psalm 119, 133. He prayed this way. Let no iniquity get dominion over me. Amen. Let no sin get dominion over me. Deliver us from evil. That word deliver is a strong word. Look at this. It means to draw with force, to draw with violence, deliver. To drag or pull, snatch away. Drawing something or someone out of danger or calamity to liberate. I would ask you today, does God have permission to draw you with force or violence or snatch you up? Deliver me from evil. Snatch me up from evil. Draw me with force. Father, I give you permission. Because my enemy is relentless, y'all, in trying to lead me into sin. He's relentless. He's like a toddler that just keep on, keep on, keep on. Right? He's tireless. He just keeps going at it. And you might think, well, I've been a Christian for 40-some years. You would think he would leave me alone. Won't he ever leave me alone? And the answer is no. Tell your neighbor, no, child, no. He's not going to leave you alone because the closer you get to God, the more effective you become for God. Amen. The more reason he has to shut you down, right? He wants us to dishonor God. This is so powerful. If you just think about that, that every sin you commit dishonors God, brings dishonor to your daddy, brings dishonor to your father, 
Every sin brings dishonor. And praying this deliver me from evil causes us to acknowledge I'm weak. I have to acknowledge my weaknesses. I have to acknowledge my inadequacy to resist sin on my own. I can't resist it on my own. My flesh, I live in a flesh suit. My flesh doesn't want to resist temptation, right? And here's how I can say that. Because Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You have that memorized. Your flesh is weak. I need my father's protection. I need his deliverance. Even the most holy people you know need deliverance from evil. It's true. And not just one time. Okay, I need deliverance today, and I'm good to go. Right? Some of us need it daily. Some of us can make it a few months. Some of us are angels. Pastor James is an angel. You don't need deliverance that often. Some of us need it um, a, a minute by minute. Not me or anything. Some of y'all watching online. <laughs> not me. I don't just need deliverance when I'm a teenager. I don't need deliverance when I'm just a single person or a married person. I need deliverance. Everybody needs deliverance, right? Again and again all through life. Now, yes, the more you love Christ and grow in your relationship with him, the more you're going to be protected. You'll be protected from a lot of evil desires. I don't have the same evil desires I had when I was a teenager. Amen? I've been following God for a long time. So, yes, he's protected me from some of those things. But it doesn't mean that I'm not in a flesh suit. As long as I'm in this flesh, as long as we're in this world, as long as there's a devil, there will be a need to pray, deliver us from evil. Colossians 3, this is so good. Paul warns believers, Colossians 3, 5, Paul warns believers against the evilest sins. Look at this list. The evilest sins, vilest, one of the scriptures says, vilest sins. He says in verse 5, put to death. Come on, that's strong. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. We're supposed to put our flesh to death, crucify it, which comes from prayer and fasting, by the way. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality. He gives a list of things that are the evilest sins, sexual immorality. So let me break that down for you. Any sex outside of marriage is sexual immorality. First one on the list. Now, not for any of y'all, amen, but for the people watching, for the second service. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality. You don't hear that preaching often. You will hardly hear a preacher from the pulpit say, sex outside of marriage is wrong. Amen? But I will. Impurity is next. Lust. Lust. To look at someone and desire them and want them that ain't your spouse. Lust. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Any kind of lust. Woo. Evil desires and greed. You'll know if you have a problem with greed. Like if you're a tither and a giver, you don't have a problem with greed. So it's not you. But if you ever wonder if you have a problem with greed, 
Just get out your checkbook and look through it and see. Are you a tither and a giver? Are you a giver? Giving proves you don't have a hold on your money and greed in your life. Which is idolatry. He says, you need to be warned about these things. Tell your neighbor you've been warned. All right? Good. I like when y'all preach with me. King David prayed for deliverance in Psalm 19. He said, keep back your servant also from willful sins. King David had to pray. Let my sins not have dominion over me. David prayed that. Jesus, guard my flesh, my heart so my flesh don't run headlong into sin. Because most of the time, I just run head straight into it. Get it all over me. And I don't even think most of the time, right? Just off I go, headlong. Father, guard our heart. We need God's power to be delivered from evil. I need God's power to live a holy life. It requires constant watching, constant being vigilant on our part. I have to be vigilant. I have to be watchful. We have to guard our heart. I have to deny my flesh. Right? I have to strengthen my spirit. You got to deal with those little foxes. You better deal with those little things. Amen? Deal with the little things. And you say, well, it's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Well, it's just a little thing. It's a big deal to God. Big deal. Huge. Huge. You know why? Because it destroys your fellowship with the Father. It destroys your relationship with the Father. And some of you right now have a destroyed relationship in your family probably. Somewhere in your life you have destroyed a relationship with somebody or you know somebody in your family who has destroyed a relationship. They're very difficult to get back. You have to work at it. Somebody has to be the bigger person. You have to work at that. Amen. You can't just sweep it under the rug and never speak to them again. Right? Psalm 39, David prays, I will guard my ways. He's saying, I'll watch out. I'll be vigilant. Is that your prayer today? God's given us something precious. He's given us something so precious. And the enemy wants to steal it. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. Is that Bible? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy Remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness for 40 days, Luke 4.13. Luke 4.13 tells us, When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus. And the sentence doesn't just end there. He departed from him until an opportune time. Some translations say, until a season. He endured those 40 days, y'all. I'm talking intense, relentless bombardment. He was tempted to shortcut God's way. He was tempted to make choices that are contrary to God's choices. He was assaulted by temptation. And can I tell you, he overcame it. He got through it. And so can you. So can you. And don't think that was it. He was just tempted on those three things and that was it. No, he was tempted again. Satan left him for a season. 
See, not until Satan is banished forever will he cease his efforts to war against you and me, to war against Christians. He's got a vested interest in taking you down. If you're a child of God, he has an interest in it. Because every time a child of God sins, it brings a reproach to the name of God. Every time a child of God sins, it causes the enemy of God to laugh at him, to mock him. It prolongs their unbelief. I don't want to cause laughter on my daddy. How, how many of you in the schoolyard, somebody talk about your mama, somebody talk about your daddy, and you punch them one good time? I mean, I can talk about my mama, but don't you talk about my mama. Amen? I can talk about my daddy, but you better not talk about my daddy. Amen? I don't want to cause laughter to my dad. That hurts my feelings to think that when I sin, it causes a reproach on God. It causes the enemy to say, ha, see, told you. Told you God she would do that. Told you she would act like that. Told you she would respond like that. Ha, ha. Brings a reproach to God. There's never a time we can let our guard down. Never a time that we can be less than vigilant in our battle against Satan. And don't think there's anybody that doesn't need to hear this, doesn't, doesn't need to pray this prayer. Your pastors need to pray this prayer. Deliver us from evil. Every Christian leader you know needs to constantly pray this prayer. We all need to be delivered from evil. Say, deliver me from evil. Listen, you don't live with Pastor James. I mean, you don't live with me. Amen? You don't live in my heart. You don't know the times I've been tempted. Sometimes when I'm actually studying the Word of God to preach, when I'm just in my Bible study, in my Bible quiet time, you don't know. My thoughts and my mind are bombarded by the enemy. And I wasn't tempted to go out and have an affair or commit adultery I wasn't tempted to rob a bank or cut somebody or their tires, necessarily. I wasn't tempted to sin in some big kind of huge way. I'm just bombarded with the temptation to doubt God. I'm bombarded with the temptation to doubt my calling. Sometimes I'm bombarded with the temptation to dishonor God in my response. In my response to him, in my response to my family, in my response, period. Right? I'm very aware there's a battle going on. I have to take every thought captive. You're good preachers today. Ooh. Don't think there's not anybody needs to pay, pray repeatedly. Deliver me from evil until I'm out of this body of sin. And out of the very presence of sin, I'm never going to be immune to temptation. Don't get careless. Don't think you can handle it. Well, it's just this one time. Well, it's just this one experience. Well, it's just this itty-bitty little thing. It's just a little white lie. I'm just going to talk to him or her on text. I'm not going to actually meet them in person. I'm just going to smoke a little of it and drink a little of it, you know, to calm my nerves. You know, she's practically dressed. It's just soft porn. It's not like real porn. Be vigilant. 
If you don't get anything out of today, get be vigilant. We're never invincible apart from God's grace and power. This is why Paul said what he did to the Corinthians as he reflected back on the Israelites and the ways they sinned. We read the story and we think, how could they do that? How could they act like that? But Paul says to any one of you who thinks he's above this, any one of you who thinks he wouldn't sin in these ways, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he says, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Take heed lest he fall. And then he goes right on two verses later and says, Beloved, he's saying, Christians, flee from idolatry. And I always think, you know, why do they worship all those idols? But listen, we're just as vulnerable to be an idol worshiper. An idol is anything you admire more than God. Anything you worship more than God. I mean, my idol might look different than Old Testament time, but it's my idol nonetheless. We have idols in 2021. We say we don't sin, but is there a part of us that wants permission to just toy around with it? Is there a part of us that wants a permission to just try it, just touch it, just cuddle up to it, just get close to it? Do you want to be completely delivered from sin? Is that what you mean when you pray, deliver me? Or, or are you like Pharaoh? You remember during the plagues of Egypt, right? Moses waved his staff and the frogs came out of the water. They covered the land. There's frog in the house and frog out the house and frog on the house and frog under the house. Frogs everywhere. And Pharaoh's going nuts and he says, get rid of these frogs. And Moses said, well, when would you like me to get rid of the frogs? And Pharaoh's like, tomorrow. Right? Tomorrow. You know what he's saying? I want one more night with the frogs. I don't want to give in, Pastor Kathy. I don't want to surrender. This is fun and exciting. This is sneaky and deceptive and thrilling. It sounds good. It feels good. It tastes good. It relaxes me. Do you want one more night with the frogs or do you really want to be delivered from your sin? And I'll go a step further. Do you really want to be delivered from your sin or do you just want relief from the consequences of it? We need to recognize our weakness, our flesh. And you want to know how to be delivered from the evil one? Luke 22 and 31. Jesus tells Peter he's going to be sifted. He's going to be selected. He's going to be scrutinized by Satan. He's going to be tempted to deny Christ. Luke 22 verse 33, Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Amen. Peter's saying, Lord, I won't deny you. Now, Jesus just got through telling Peter, Satan's going to sift you. He's going to try you. You're going to be tempted to deny me. And Peter's like, not me. Ain't there one going to happen to me? Not me. And verse 34, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Let anyone who thinks he stands... Take heed lest he fall. Don't get arrogant. Be watchful. Paul told the Ephesians, in all circumstances, when you're being tested, when you're being tempted, when Satan's bombarding you with those desires within you are welling up and overpowering you, in all circumstances, 
Paul said, take up the shield of faith, which you can use to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You ever been bombarded with thoughts that you knew weren't from God? This morning? You ever felt like you were going under this week? You ever fall into a trap of wrongful thinking? I have. But we can pray with confidence, our Father in heaven, deliver me from evil. Protection from sin is going to require a constant dependence on Christ. I've got to depend on him. I've got to constantly look to him, not myself. Too many of us are looking to ourselves. It's true. We have to be constantly praying. And Jesus prays for you. He said to God, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. See, I've been praying it all wrong because I do be praying the Lord to take people out of the world. But i got to be like Jesus. Don't act all holy like y'all never done it before. Jesus said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus prays for you. Right? Jesus said to Peter, Satan demanded to have you, but I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Then he goes to the Mount of Olives. Look at verse 40. And when he came to the place, he said to the disciples, pray. Okay, now he's told Peter, I've prayed for you. Now you pray for yourselves. Pray that you may not enter temptation. And verse 41, this is my favorite. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed. So he prayed for them. He told them to pray. He knew there was going to be a battle with Satan that very night. He went, knelt down and prayed. Verse 45, and when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them crying out to God, laying prostrate on the ground, praying in their most holy faith. No, sleeping. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray. Jesus remained watchful. He remained prayerful. You think he wasn't tired? Right? You think he wasn't sorrowful? We're talking uh, tears of blood, sweat drops of blood. When's the last time that ever happened to you when you were praying? Jesus reminded them, watch and pray. You think he wasn't a man? You think he didn't have the same emotions and the same physical needs you and I have? He overcame the evil one and he was strengthened to do the will of God as hard as it was. And the disciples slept. And this should be our prayer. This should be the very breath and life. Deliver me from evil. Pray before you're tempted. Pray when you're in the middle of temptation. Pray it when you fall into temptation. And I get it. Sometimes the last thing you want to do is pray. You know, what you want, what the flesh wants, what we want, is uh, the person we want, the thing we want. We want revenge. I want to get even. I want pay back. With a capital P. It's true. But we have to discipline our flesh to pray without ceasing. We've been hearing this every Sunday. When you fall and make the wrong choice, sometimes it's hard to pray. I get it. Because you feel bad. You know, you feel guilty. You feel like, I blew it. You did blow it. It's okay. Pray. Say, Father, I'm your child and I repent. I want to be restored. Don't stay down in it. I want to be right with you, Father. If you not pray for deliverance from evil, you'll be vulnerable to fall. 
Prayer is the protection from temptation. That's a good note. Prayer is the protection from temptation. And that's good for yourself and your family and your friends and your church and other people. When I observe sin in other Christians, my natural tendency is to point it out. Our flesh natural tendency is to gossip about it. Well, i got to call so-and-so and ask her if she heard what happened at the church. Come on. Our first reaction is to criticize. But according to John 5, 1 John 5, 16, when we see someone committing sin, you know what we're supposed to do first? Pray for them. We're supposed to pray for them. Yes, there's a time to go to them. Yes, there's a time to deal with it. But pray first. We have a responsibility for each other. We're in this together. Pray for your family. Pray for people. And as we stand all over this place, I'm done quick like. I didn't give her any warning. As you stand up where you're sitting right now, may we be faithful.